the mess and the magic. This is a space for us to explore the depth of our humanity and the exquisiteness of our divinity. An opportunity to lean into our shadows and recognize them as the keepers of the gifts we came here to deliver. And an invitation to recalibrate our inner lens so we can experience the magic embedded in every corner of life. I am Andrea Gomez, your guide and companion. Welcome. My beautiful, messy and magical humans, welcome to another episode of the Mess and the Magic podcast. I'm really, really freaking excited that you're here today and that you decided to tune into this sweet episode that I've decided to call the Big Sweaty Prayer. Mm. Mm -mm 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 -mm. So delicious. And I wanted to bring this into our space, into this space and time capsule that we share here right now, because I have found myself over and over in the past weeks coming back to praying and realizing and peeling off some layers of what I had been taught about prayer. So just to give you a little bit of context, I grew up in a Catholic family. My, you know, my parents, my direct circle was not very um, into the practices of religion. However, I grew up in a Catholic school. I went to Catholic school for my whole life since I was like five until I was 18. So that's a whole lot of time. And one of the things that it was sort of embedded was this idea of prayer, right? We would have mass every week. And when I was younger, we used to start the day with a prayer, actually. That sort of like watered down a little bit when I went into high school. But definitely in primary school, um, beginning the day with a prayer was a thing. And I never actually felt the connection of myself with prayer and God goddess, the universe, the great mother, however you decide to call it for yourself. Um, I never quite felt that. I thought it was a very sterile sort of thing. It was a lot of repetition of something that I didn't quite connected with. Like the words were just being almost like repeated in automatic and I wonder how many of us actually learn these prayers from formal religions, whatever that religion might be for you, where we're just mumbling these same things over and over without really bringing them into our bodies, like without really, really praying from our bellies, right? So... For me, prayer was this thing that you would do at a, like appropriate times, appropriate moments, in appropriate places, in appropriate context, behaving properly, right? There was all these sort of underlying conditions that needed to be met to enter in that space of prayer. And 
In all honesty, I think this is just the most brilliant way that I can describe it for you. I felt like praying was more like calling God and leaving a voicemail and hoping, hoping I would get an answer, hoping that at one point um, they would just receive it and answer it back. But it, it never felt like God actually picked up the phone and we had a conversation. Like there was actually a, a, a two-way street conversation. And I never quite felt like the need to refine that until pretty recently. Where I find myself being an adult in a world that feels very, very volatile and intense and... There is suffering and there is pain and there has always been suffering and there has always been pain. And how do we digest it? How do I create enough space within me so that I can digest the bit that is mine to digest? Keeping my heart open to love, service, beauty and unity. And at the same time, connected with joy, with my zest for life, with my juice. Yeah, that's that's the kind of adult that I want to be. <laughs> that's the kind of human being that I want to move as. So, yeah. It got me really wondering. And it got me really refining. Like, where is God? Where is God? That question, like not even the answer, just simply prompting that question has a huge significance and a huge impact in the way that you relate to the divine. Because ultimately, regardless of which religion you practice, if you practice at all, God, we've been taught that God is outside of us. So we pray upwards and outwards. There is that, that disconnection and that severing from us being inhabited by God. So if we're praying upwards and outwards, that means that we're leaving voicemails. <laughs> that means what we're sending a memo and hoping that someone picks it up on the other side and answer it in some way right but one of the things that has been super beautiful in these past intense weeks has been one of the teachings of one of my dear teachers reverend brianna lynn which is about praying downward and inward i just want you to for a second if you can if it's safe wherever you are and if you know the environment <laughs> allows it that you put your hand in a triangle pointing downward. So when we pray, we normally pray upward, triangle upward, if you think about it. And then how about we change the directionality of our prayer so we start praying downward and inward. And that God is not something out there that we sort of need to reach out to and beg or <sighs> misplace our power to. But instead, it's the living force that lives within us, through us, 
that it's it's the it's the intelligence that is breathing us have you ever thought maybe that you is not the one who's breathing but you're being breathed by <laughs> these are the kind of things that i ask myself ah <sighs> So changing the directionality in which we pray changes everything because suddenly God is not out there. God is in here. If God is in here, the body is sacred. The body is the temple. My body is the place where I worship. From where I worship, where I worship. It's a place of service. It's a place from where I serve. The body suddenly lights up in a different perspective. How do you treat that temple when it becomes the temple? Do you see how much impact that downward and inward shift or positioning of God creates within your body, your physical structure? Doesn't it invite you to change the relationship you have with your body? Hmm. Yum. And for me, I feel like I have been doing this this work of refining, reprogramming, rewiring myself around these things because I have the intention of being, being in communion with the divine. And not in the way that I have been taught that that is how it should be. So then within the container of the teachings that I'm exploring right now, within the context of the things that I'm really curious, honestly, of moving through my body, I came to also the teachings of Mama Gina. She has the School of Womanly Arts and pleasure and connecting with the divine and honoring the womb, the pussy, is her her stream of genius and and I learned about this practice called swamping which is the understanding that as a woman and really as human beings the gatekeepers of joy are anger and grief huh so we have been systematically disconnected from our capacity to experience anger right it's not appropriate it's not okay it should be shut down you you can't find a way to channel your rage just be cute smile don't create too much fuss right and grief repress that sadness Take it on to that quiet space, probably where no one sees it. 
Don't be inconvenient. You're being too much. Why are you so sensitive? Do you need to cry for everything? These were the conditionings that I received particularly around grief and sadness. And now if anger and grief are the gatekeepers to joy and we have been systematically taught not to feel them and not to go through them and not to embody them, to completely unplug the physical body from the experience of that emotion, well, no wonder why accessing joy feels so damn hard. Right? And then add on top to this disconnection from anger and from grief and from joy, the load of the world. And then you have human beings that have no emotional depth and a real struggle for emotional digestion. Add on top of the personal, the collective lack of um, ability to be able to digest anger and grief. And we have a world that is unable to access joy. We have a world that is unable to deal with the depth and the vastness of what happens at a collective level. I found myself feeling pretty, pretty mm, weighted down. Feeling guilty about wanting to reach for joy, feeling shamed for not being able to access it, although everything in my environment allows it. I am in a position where I am safe to feel joy and even then I couldn't access it. And I spend days feeling literally full and overloaded and having no clue how to metabolize that. And then I had this moment with my journal in the morning where I realized that I had been putting in way more than I was actually putting out. Where I had been ingesting the, the energy, not just mine, the collective energy into my system and I was not metabolizing it. I was not digesting it. And in that way, the first thing that sort of like becomes unavailable is joy it's a sense of clarity it's grounded groundedness and 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 a regulated nervous system and here is the thing if you are not under threat which i think that if you're listening to this podcast most likely you're not you're if, if you're, you're not in direct physical threat then Regulating your nervous system and being able to create capacity for digestion is one of the best things that you can do because then from that space is where your best service comes from. That's from where you can actually engage. That's from where you can actually move towards the things that matter, the change that you want to see in the world, advocating, your activism, your change, your, your desire for change, it's rooted in how much capacity you have for digesting grief, anger, and accessing joy. 
this was really, really good for me to land in. It also came through the podcast, the latest podcast from Brene Brown, um, where she was talking about, about that, about being really, really weighted down. And then how do you access joy? So then, you know, it's like I, I started getting these like themes and threads started weaving through me, right? Like this idea of prayer and then the swamping, um, you know, understanding from Mama Gina around grief and sadness and anger being the gatekeepers of joy. And then this other thread of Brene really sort of questioning and, and inquiring about what, what happens to joy when we are overloaded and when the world feels too big. And then my journal. <laughs> and then I brought this in and um, through another conversation with a really dear friend of mine, I realized that there was a huge fear inside of me that I hadn't been able to move through either. And that that fear was personal um, ancestral and collective it had like threads throughout the whole spectrum and there was no way that I was going to be able to move through that except by sinking into it and letting it be and being witnessed in that so then this morning as I was writing I realized that I needed to create space for digestion and then I went to do the swamping exercise. So what I gave you just now, the, that that understanding of, of grief and anger being the gatekeepers of joy, what you do with that, it's actually you choose three songs. One for anger, one for grief, and one for juice, pleasure, joy, aliveness, the miracle and the celebration that it is to be here. And you let your body move as it needs to move in whatever way it needs to move with that pulse, with that energy. And letting yourself transform. And, and the experience of that, it just thinking about it gives me real chills. The anger felt so raw. I felt like a wounded animal, like a wounded lioness trying to protect the cubs and just feeling enraged and furious, growling and stomping and punching the freaking pillow. Mm, so good. And then the grief, these like, deep deep pain coming through and bubbling up because there's a container for it it doesn't spill over it doesn't take over it's contained is loved it's invited it's welcomed mm. and then the juice and then the turn on and then the pleasure and the play and the erotic move and the excitement and the aliveness and the innocence and the ah the zest for life accessed in my body in my physical body and then I just wanted to keep going I played maybe like five more songs <laughs> and then all of a sudden I saw myself sweating 
sweating. And that's when I realized that in that moment I had been praying all along. My dance, my movement, my breath, my life as a prayer, my joy as a prayer for what I want to see more of in the world. My offering of anger as a prayer of freedom and liberation of that energy that when it's repressed and suppressed, it really, really destroys things. My grief as a prayer for all the grieving hearts right now in the world that we get to open up and let that enormous emotional tsunami to just wash over whatever it needs to wash over because we love because we love because we love and we lost something precious mm. I found myself sweaty and panting and really catching my breath and realizing that I am alive and that as long as I'm alive and my direction of prayer is inward and downward and God, Goddess, the Divine, the Great Mother lives inside of me, whatever I'm doing gets to be a prayer. So there is no guilt. And there's no shame. And there's a whole lot of devotion and beauty and presence and space to be of service and space to keep the channel clear. So that the guidance comes so that I can keep weaving the mother's dream where every child of the earth is safe and thriving. That is the playground that I want all of us to experience, not just few of us. It was never about the few, it's about the whole human family. And then I realized that my prayers get to be big and sweaty and sexy and ah, I can move my hips in circles and use my body as this incredible tool of devotion and connection and joy and as an anchor of the divine in on this plane on the earth that what if I'm a freaking channel of the divine and it's through my experience that heaven gets to be a part of the earth And that heaven on earth is not a, a thing that I'm aspiring to one good day outside of me, outward, right? Hmm. Huh. 
big sweaty prayer. That's what I want my devotional practice to feel like. Like a big sweaty prayer. Alive. Hmm. Through the body. Through the fluids that I'm here with. That are part of me. That I'm part of. And breaking from that belief system that taught me that prayer needed to be silent and within a container that felt really sterile. <laughs> so I just wanted to share that experience with you because it was very powerful for me. Very moving, very touching. And if you feel like there's something here for you, Go give it a try. And re if you want to share, report back. I'm always, always thrilled to hear your stories and see how these practices impact your life or change the way that you see something. I, I just love that. And if you feel like this could also be of service to someone else, of course, share it. There's great generosity on sharing something with someone else that you found really good for you. And with that, I'm going to leave you for today. How about taking a moment to redirect your prayers to where they are fruitful and nourishing and delicious and where every breath gets to be a blessing. Hmm. Sending you so much love. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate every time you come around and we get to share this capsule in time and space. I wish you have a wonderful day whenever you're listening to this and I'll see you next time. <laughs>